Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. And let me tell you right now, it's getting close to Christmas. I'm your host, Matthew Cos. And uh, for people out there that celebrate, you might have a hard time right now trying to find a gift. What are you going to get, someone? What are you going to get? Well, how about this? How about a subscription to The Athletic? It's the gift that keeps on giving. Speaking of which, from The Athletic, it is James Myrtle. James, would you agree on this? And yes, you are the senior managing editor for The Athletic. Uh, would you agree that a, a, a subscription to your, uh, to your place of employment is not a bad gift, bad thing to see in the stocking? Yep, that's that's what your wife or your girlfriend or mm-hmm. your mother, mom or dad or and that's what everyone's hoping for. So you could it can be yours. We're having a we're having a big sale. So I, I appreciate the plug there, Matt. And I appreciate it. Absolutely. Again, I've been a, uh, a day one subscriber to the Athletic. I highly recommend. I was uh, looking at your Twitter account, or as I like to say, stalking, and I noticed that you retweeted a list of all the goalies having the worst season so far. And number three, I see Peter Morazic, and number seven is Jack Campbell. Is it a shame when goalies leave the defensively sound system of Toronto, where they're all numbers are always going to fail when they leave the, the mature environment that is the Maple Leafs? Frederick Anderson's on the list too. I think he's oh. he's a little. He's a little bit further down the list. Yeah, so it was a very subtle retweet by myself. Yeah, very subtle. That- <laughs> very subtle by you. Really got to read between the lines. And and who's not on there is the current Leafs goaltender. So, I mean, it's it's really been, like, what a charmed start for what they did in the offseason. And it was the thing that, that got the most criticism from the Leafs offseason was what they did in goal. And, you know, I, I think that the lesson is you it's really, really difficult to predict with goaltenders what's going to happen. And I think that, you know, you got to be, you know, there was no, there was no guarantee that, that Jack Campbell was, was going to be the, the goaltender you want to commit to for five years at $5 million. I mean, I think that certainly at this point, you'd much rather have Matt Murray for two years at 4.68 than Jack Campbell at the contract that he's got. And, you know, I, I think this really could be part of a trend where you just see shorter term goalie contracts and and less dollars and you know it's really incredible there aren't you got Bobrovsky making 10 million and uh, Vasilevsky at nine and a half but there aren't that many goaltenders making big money and I I think it's going to be there's going to be a lot more tandems there's going to be a lot less willingness from teams to commit you're going to see a lot more teams doing like what Colorado did where they they move on from their goalie that wins in the Stanley Cup to go with uh, Georgiev and 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 Francois and you know it's um it's going to be really, really interesting to see if the, the bet that the Leafs made pays off when it really matters in April. And I, I think the reason why everyone was critical is that everyone who was critical of it always believed the idea. What, what do we always hear? Well, uh, how are you going to do in the playoffs? Well, you've got to be healthy and good goaltending. So it's always been the idea that you need high-end goaltending to win high-end games. However, the turnover, now it feels like... like is that not the case? Like, where, where did this come from, James? Because we're old enough to remember, like the '90s and the early 2000s. Brodeur is playing 70 games. Hashik is standing on his head every night. You know, Cujo is taking the Leafs further than and most Ed Bell for. Like, like, we were part of an era where the goalie, the single individual goalie, could swing a team and swing a season. And now it's like, yeah, don't worry about that guy. Just throw, plug in this guy, and everything will be fine. Well, no, I mean, goaltending can still swing your season and swing your postseason but how do you there's not there's no sure thing anymore i mean Vasilevsky is the closest thing to that but if there's no one 
if there's no one that you know for sure is going to be the guy, then how do you commit to them long term? How do you commit to them on big dollars when the cap matters? You you can't because okay, you don't then, really know. Then, then l- let me interrupt you. Why do you think it is there are fewer sure things? I, I mean, maybe it's just cyclical. Why there's fewer sure things at that position than at any point that I remember watching hockey? Yeah, I, that's a great question. I, I honestly I haven't really thought too deeply about why that's happening. Um. You know, I it, it feels like right now in the NHL, there's kind of like an arms race between the goalies and the shooters. And this season, the shooters, and probably last season too, the shooters are winning and they're finding the holes. And for a long period of time, the goalies were the ones that were winning and save percentages kept going up and, and goal scoring kept going down. And, you know, it felt like we people were talking about things like bigger nets and how are we ever, how are we going to, how are we going to slim equipment down just because the goalies were so dominant and now the shooters have found a way to break through and maybe that's part of it you know i i know matt in matt murray's case one of the theories out there about why he struggled towards the end of his tenure in pittsburgh and and then when he went to ottawa is just that the league was evolving and it was evolving in a way that didn't suit his his style and i think that that evolution in the way that goals are scored and, and offensive hockey and players like Austin Matthews and Tage Thompson and Connor McDavid, the way that they're scoring as a goaltender, you, you got to constantly adapt and the goaltenders that are going to be effective, it's going to change as, as the kind of goals that are being scored changes. So I don't know if that's, like I said, I mean, that's a really complicated question. Oh, it is. You know, it is. I, yeah. I, I think you could, you could write a, you could probably write a book answering that question about what's going on with goaltending right now because it's really fascinating. I'd be fine with 2,500 words. Give it to Jonas. Give it to Cloak. You know, give it, throw it out there. You know, maybe 3,000 words. The holidays are coming. Uh, f- from The Athletic, we're joined by James Myrtle. James, are we headed for another Leafs Tampa playoffs? Like are we are we just with the, the the goofy playoff system in in the NHL? Like are we already there? Yeah. Oh, it, no. it's, uh, well, I mean, unless Boston falters, I don't really see like I don't see a challenger coming behind those the big three teams. And it's been so many years now. Like I mean, remember those series they were playing against Boston in uh, you know uh, 2018 and 2019? Like feels like so long ago, and yes. it was still the same thing with the division alignment. And the only way we got out of that, like imagine if there hadn't been the COVID seasons, imagine there hadn't been the Canadian division, imagine there hadn't been that bubble year where they played Columbus, we probably would be talking about a run of like five, six straight years where they're playing Boston or Tampa in the first round. And I think people would be getting pretty tired of it by now, and especially if the Leafs wouldn't have, have broken through. So I don't like the division-heavy alignment. I think it really punishes teams that play in a really strong division like the Atlantic, and it rewards teams that are in some of the weaker divisions, and they get an easier path through. Um, but it is what the Leafs are dealing with right now. And I think what they need to try and do is just look up the standings at Boston Boston's not going to get, you know, Linus Allmark's not going to play at a 940 save percentage for the rest of the year. So there is going to be a period of time where they take a step back and the Leafs are going to have to try and win their games when they play the Bruins and maybe they can they can make some inroads there and catch up to them. Yeah, the hard part, they'd come off that crazy streak and they're basically the same place against Boston as before. But you're right, yeah. there is going to be a regression in net for the uh, for the Boston Bruins. We were uh, talking about Christmas gifts uh, to give the Toronto Maple Leafs. I throw out to you the gift of stability on the second line. Is that the gift you would give Kyle Dubas or would it be something else? 
Yeah, I think having like another high impact forward on the team, whether it's on the second line or it's someone that could potentially play center and you could you could really build a really effective third line. Like some of the centers that are available out there, like like Bo Horvat or Jonathan Taves or Ryan O'Reilly is a guy that gets talked about a lot. Like, can you imagine like if the Leafs could add a player like that, someone that could potentially play on, on the left wing of the first or the second line, but also could could play a chip in at center on the third line a little bit. I think that that really changes the complexion of what the Leafs have up front. And yeah, that would be at the top of my wish list at this point, especially with how well the goaltenders and the defense are playing at the moment. You know, we'll see where they're at in February, but for now it feels like their biggest need is up front. I'm not going to ask you to give your favorite prop bet for second period shots tonight. Okay, good. Yeah, um, we'll get we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but it's really more just of a simple question. The Leafs are playing Tampa tonight. And when I went to the ye old FanDuel account, I noticed that Tampa, that the Leafs were still the favorite. Now, Tampa, uh, Toronto has a better record, um, but Toronto's come off two losses in a row. When you look at this game tonight... Do the Leafs deserve to be the favorite as of right now? And again, this is more just a hockey question about where these two teams are at this point in the season. Yeah, you know, actually in my pool, I've got Vasilevsky as one of my goaltenders, and I, I'm not feeling super confident about starting him in this game, to be honest with you. Really? Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I, I have Shesterkin. I have a couple other options I could put play in goal tonight, and it's hold I'm on, wait, thinking, wait. You just you you got Shesterkin and Vasilevsky. Yeah. How I bad are your two. forwards? Like, like, <laughs> like, where's your weakness? I I really believe in fantasy hockey that you go big in goal, and then and then you can find buried treasure in in terms of forwards. And like, I've picked up some really good forwards on on the waiver wire this year, and I'm in first place, so I'm oh, feeling pretty. Nice. I'm feeling pretty good about my team. So. <laughs> Even though, yeah, I mean, there was it, it was a ripple in the draft one of my first two picks for both goalies, and I got Shesterkin and Vasilevsky. Anyway, that's a long way of getting to my point, which is I don't think I'm going to play Vasilevsky tonight just because I feel like, you know, the Leafs have lost a couple of games. I think this could be one of those games where they, the, the, the big guns really show up and, and put a bunch of goals in, and Vasilevsky's been kind of a little bit up and down this year. I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, Tampa's been coming on a little bit late. Pierre Lebrun wrote about that uh, this morning, just about how they're putting things together. And, you know, I think there's probably going to be a playoff-like atmosphere uh, at Scotiabank Arena tonight. Don't want a playoff atmosphere. I want a different team. I want a bad team taking on the Maple Leafs. <laughs> By the way, I hope you're wrong, James. I bet $18.47 on the Lightning on the money line. I have a rule. If the Lightning are an underdog and Vasilevsky is starting in net, I'm just betting on Tampa every time. Mm-hmm. My follow-up is how much did all your friends in your hockey draft, how much did they hate you when you took both those goalies? Well, it's always there's always a scramble where everyone else starts grabbing goalies. And as we talked about on the top of the show, there aren't that many sure things. So no. people, were, people were taking some pretty interesting names high up on the list. As, you, know, you don't want to end up without a goaltender, right? I mean, it's the worst thing, and you're going to end up worrying, you know, relying on a – Merzlikens or someone like that who's really struggling right now. So it's, uh, I don't know, I, I, I feel like I'm the only one in my pool that feels that way. I always draft like three or four. Go- I got Samsonov. He's been fantastic for me when he's been healthy. Yep. I got him like right at the very end of the pool. I always pick a lot of goaltenders, and I, that's kind of the way that my team is built. And then and then I just cycle through a lot of defensemen and forwards that I can find because I, I usually I feel like you can find a lot of value. There's just so many more options. You're Whereas the op- for st- starting goalies, there just aren't that many. You're the opposite of Kyle Dubas. You 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 <laughs> built your fantasy team the exact opposite of the way Dubas. Like Dubas would not uh, approve of your roster construction. 
Well, he doesn't get rewarded for having multiple starting goalies on the same team and, and racking up <laughs> saves point. and wins. Fair and point. So it's, yeah, in that way, fantasy hockey doesn't really mirror the NHL that yeah. well. James, always appreciate it. It's been ages. Uh, wishing you and family nothing, nothing but the best. Hope you get a little bit of, uh, of time off, and uh, we will talk soon. And again, everyone, if you're looking for a Christmas gift, subscribe to The Athletic. It's fantastic. Thanks so much, James. Merry Christmas, Matt. Yeah. Good to talk to you. Yeah, good to talk to you as well. James Myrtle, Senior Managing Editor with The Athletic.